Peyton Marshall is the latest Missouri basketball commit, and while he doesn't necessarily fit the Gates mold, this is obviously an excellent pickup, so let's talk about that in a huge couple of days in recruiting for football as well, coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube as well. And of course, check out the Royals and the Cardinals as they play once again later today on the app or of course on your radio dial as well. But you know what? Believe it or not, we're starting with basketball today. I know we're less than three weeks away from football, but Dennis Gates, my friend, you have earned it. Uh, it would have been hard to believe a couple years ago we'd be talking this much basketball in August, but by golly, when you're good, you're good. And Dennis Gates is putting together a pretty darn good recruiting class right now, including the 56th best player in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. That's Peyton Marshall from Marietta, Georgia. Seven feet, 300 pounds is what he's listed. Is he truly seven feet tall? I'm not sure. Is he truly 300 pounds? He might actually be heavier than that. So one thing you'll notice about Peyton Marshall, immediately just looking at him, he does have some weight that he can lose. And that's okay. He hasn't even played his senior year of high school yet. He's got plenty of time to lose weight. In fact, I'm sure once he gets on a a college SEC kind of weight regimen, exercise regimen, diet, all that stuff, it'll probably melt right off of him. But obviously, he's a massive young man. And I said in my, my cold open there that he doesn't necessarily fit the Dennis Gates mold, if you will, for a big man. Well, that's because he's a true, true big man in every sense of the word. He plays with his back to the basket and very near the rim at all times. That's where he's doing his damage. Now, at some point, will Dennis Gates say, hey, shoot shoot some three-pointers in practice and see how that goes? But I just don't think you're going to be seeing a lot of stretch five action from old Peyton Marshall at any point in college, but we shall see. But you got to say, he's an excellent back-to-the-basket player. He's not just a big guy who's moving people out of the way. He's got good hands, good feet, good footwork, really advanced moves for his age, especially in this day and age where back-to-the-basket play has become, well, a bit of a lost art without question. So, And by the way, he can finish with his left hand and his right hand around the rim, too. So, I mean, just a really advanced game. I'm very impressed with Peyton Marshall. But again, he needs to do most of his damage right around the rim. And at that size, he is going to be a matchup nightmare for certain opponents. In fact, most opponents these days, he's going to be an absolute matchup nightmare. Now, I don't know how much he's going to play as a true freshman here in a couple seasons, but regardless, as soon as he steps onto the basketball court, I promise you he's going to get double teamed. That's one thing I know about college basketball is it's actually one of my pet peeves. I think College basketball coaches double the post far too often, leaving open open shooters, quite honestly. But the reason they do it is because a lot of times, well, big guys aren't necessarily great 
at handling the double team. They don't get it out quick enough. They don't get it to the right guy. Maybe they just turn it over altogether. Well, that'd be one thing I'd immediately be working with Peyton Marshall on. I, I Frankly, in his highlights, I never really saw him get double teamed and kick it out to anybody or anything like that. So maybe he is an excellent passer. I really have no idea. wouldn't surprise me if he is a good passer, considering the type of feel for the offensive game, for the scoring part of his game that he has with that back-to-the-basket post game. But again, I promise you, as soon as he touches the ball on that block, somebody the second defender is going to be coming down at him. For sure. It's just going to happen. I promise you. They college basketball coaches they, they almost can't help themselves with that double team. So if Peyton Marshall can get rid of that ball, get it to open guys, Dennis Gates just drill him on that all the time and by the way, drill the guards too because obviously while Back to the basket play, post play has become a lost art. Well, along with that is entering the ball into the post. Actually, guards knowing how to feed the ball into the big guy. Well, that's become a lost art too. So let's make sure our guards are are very good at that particular skill because, well, obviously that's not something that Missouri was doing any of, just throwing it into the actual block last year. Sure, you'd see some pinch post type stuff with Kobe Brown, you know, with DeAndre Golston at times, you just sort of throw it to him 15, 20 feet from the basket with his back to the basket. But this guy is truly a, you know, if you're thinking, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, your classic back to the basket type players, Jeremiah Tillman, somebody like that from the Mizzou era. Well, that's who Peyton Marshall is going to be looking like. Now, according to 24-7 Sports, this actually gives Missouri the third best recruiting class in the country currently. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Tigers do already have three four-star players committed. So just the volume there alone is getting them pretty high. But if you look at it on just the average basis, well, on the average ranking of these players, well, the Tigers are still in about the top 20 for sure, for this class. And there's a chance if Aaron Botang, who is a top 25 caliber type player, a McDonald's All-American guy, perhaps from Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, if the Tigers can hold off the hogs for his recruitment, now you're talking about a top 10, maybe even top five kind of class. But already you're looking at a top 15, top 20 type class from Dennis Gates. So you got to be pleased here if you're a Missouri fan. In fact, you got to be thrilled. Honestly, like hold on to those season tickets as hard as you can because Missouri basketball is about to get really fun over the next few years. And as you're undoubtedly aware, Williams Winery is going to commit somewhere on Monday. And well, coming right up, I'm going to give you my prediction on what's going to happen on Monday. But first, I want to tell you that for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same When it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. 
eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on Monday next week. Of course, we're going to talk about Williams Buineri. We're going to talk about Jeremiah McClellan, the St. Louis area wide receiver who's going to make an announcement tomorrow as well. So whatever comes your way, of course, I'll have it for you next week. But I do want to talk a little bit more about Williams Winery, of course, maybe the best defensive prospect in the country, a generational defensive prospect, according to some from Lee's Summit, of course. But most of you are aware of this, right? I'm just recapping for those of you who might be brand new to the program. But On Monday, by all indications, it's either going to be the Missouri Tigers or the Oklahoma Sooners who get Winery's services. But we know that. But what also we know is whoever comes in second or or third in Georgia's case or Tennessee, whoever else is still recruiting him, well, they're going to keep on him for sure. So I'll say this. If you're a Missouri fan and, and it's Oklahoma on Monday, well, I wouldn't give up just yet. It's quite possible that the Tigers still it could get in back in that thing before national signing day especially with that new Missouri law that that goes into a, into place on August 28th of course allowing Winery and any other prospect in the state as soon as they sign some type of written agreement with the school well they can start getting NIL money well because of that reason not only do i think if it's Oklahoma i think Missouri is still in it until the end but also, if Winery picks Missouri, I think it's done then. Because then he, I, there's no question, right? He's going to start cashing in on his opportunities there. Why wouldn't he? I certainly would if I were him. I'd start taking advantage of that law, wouldn't you? I mean, he's certainly going to have some, uh, some opportunities. There's no question about that. So to me, if it's Missouri and in, he starts cashing in on this stuff, to me, I, I think it's really unlikely that he would then flip on that. Sure, Oklahoma's going to keep trying. Georgia's going to keep trying. No question about that. But to me, I, I just think if he picks Missouri, I, I think that's it for Williams Winery. I think he will be a Missouri Tiger in a year. But, and that also leads me to my prediction. Do I think he's going to be, is, is he going to pick Missouri? Is he going to pick Oklahoma? If you ask me right now, I might change my mind by Monday. I think he's going to be a Missouri Tiger. I really do. Just every every little piece of information here just kind of leads me to that conclusion. I don't have any inside information here. I don't have any special information that any of you out there who subscribe to, to Missouri websites out there, you don't have any, I don't have anything that you don't. But just putting it all together, especially when you consider that Georgia thinks that Missouri is the lead. Now, why would they think that? That, that seems to be the word on the street, number one. But just, you know, a couple months ago when I was talking about Williams Winery, I didn't even know who he was necessarily because it didn't seem like Missouri had any chance to get him just a couple months ago. Well, what's changed? Obviously, it's this new name, image, and likeness opportunity. So I think if he's listening this much and people around Missouri are this confident, it just leads me to believe that he's going to be a Missouri Tiger. We shall see. We'll just have to wait until Monday. But another guy, Jeremiah McClellan, you know, he's been listening too. Another guy that seemed like, well, didn't seem like Missouri had much of a shot at, and then all of a sudden he pops up on the radar again, presumably, I'm assuming anyway, because of the new name, image, and likeness law changes. 
Well, it sure looks like Jeremiah McClellan is going to announce his intentions to Ohio State tomorrow. But again, Missouri's going to be in on his recruitment until the end. Can't blame anybody for wanting to go to Ohio State, especially as a wide receiver. That's for darn sure. They've been really successful at that position in recent years. But this could also be just him saying, hey, I want to make sure that I have a spot with Ohio State. Maybe he truly isn't ready to make his absolutely final decision yet. But if he takes a commitment, he'll at least know that he has a spot on the Buckeyes. Whereas with Mizzou, I think Mizzou would take him at any point in the process. The Buckeyes, well, they have the luxury of kind of being a little bit more aggressive in their recruiting and saying, hey, I know you're a four-star player, top 100 player, whatever you are, but we got all, all sorts of guys who want to come here and the transfer portal and all that good stuff. So that could just be him securing a spot, but at the same time, you have to admit there's no doubt that Ohio State's in the lead for Jeremiah McClellan at this point. And when it comes to this year's football team, I've talked a lot about the East this season, the SEC East, of course, and how really, in my opinion, it's really hard to project who's going to be better between Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, and Missouri. Really, just throw them all into a hat and you've got a pretty good shot at picking out who's going to finish highest in the division as you would actually analyzing the thing. Don't get me wrong, I'll probably lean towards the Tigers because, well, I'm biased. And I also like the matchup for Missouri's defense against those particular three opponents. But it sure set, looks like my friends over at FanDuel agree with me, that's for sure, because quite literally, they have all four of those teams as the same odds to win the SEC East. Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, and Missouri are all 34 to 1 to win the East. That's about as close to a throwing up your hands in a shrug emoji in real life as I've ever seen. To put all those four as the exact same odds is pretty amusing. Of course, Georgia, your heavy favorite at minus 430 to win the East. Tennessee in a second tier all by itself at plus 490, just below 5-1 to one odds there. And then Vanderbilt all the way at the bottom at 200-1. to one. Anybody, anybody taking that action? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's why you got to put it at 200 to 1, folks. But regardless, I do think Missouri at 34 to 1 is pretty interesting. Not telling you they're going to win the East or anything, but if you're going to take a long shot, I actually probably like Missouri the best of all those teams. I think they have the highest upside and really the most room to improve, I think, upon last season's squad. And the athletic department just announced this week that there's going to be a drop in food prices among five specific items, food and beverage prices, just got quite a bit cheaper at Faro Field this season. But you know what? Notably absent, beer. Yes, beer still going to cost you an arm and a leg. But you know what? Here's a hot take for you. I don't think they should lower the price of beer. I know. Stop throwing things at me. Calm down. I'm going to explain myself. Coming up right after this. Well, it's not exactly every day you see food and beverage prices go down at a sporting event. Does this mean the Federal Reserve can finally stop cutting it or stop raising interest rates? Uh, who cares, right? No, I, I'm obviously being heavily sarcastic there, but in all seriousness, it's a cool move that they're dropping the prices of, for example, bottles of water used to be five bucks. Now they're two bucks. A bottled soda was six dollars. Well, now it's also 
$2. Popcorn from 5 to 2, hot dogs from 6 to 3, and a cheeseburger. I believe that says, is that $8 there? Yeah, $8 down to 5 bucks. So some significant price drops there, no doubt about it. All the fans seem happy about it. I don't know who could possibly complain. And don't get me wrong, if they dropped beer prices, I certainly wouldn't complain whatsoever. $9 for a Bud Light is quite the price to pay. But you know what? There's a reason it's that expensive. It's because, well, beer drinkers like me will pay it, period. I just didn't like to enjoy the occasional beer or two at a football and basketball game. So sue me. And honestly, I'm fine with gouging the drinkers. I really am. We're not talking about water here. Again, I want people to be to stay hydrated, especially during these hot football games and not pass out or something. By all means, the $5 water was absurd. Putting it down at 2 bucks, you know, water is literally something you need to survive. You don't need beer to survive, folks. I know it seems like some sometimes when Missouri's getting pounded in, a, in an ugly football game, it may seem essential at that moment, but we really can live without it. In fact, we did live without it until the 2019 season. So, I think this is a great trade-off. Make the stuff that you buy for kids a little cheaper. Make it more affordable for families to go to the games. But, hey, if it's just, you know, guys out on the town having a good time, like me and my buddy or me and my dad, that kind of thing, who cares? We'll pay the money. We don't mind. We really don't. It's just part of the cost of doing business. And you know what? We got to pay for that new North End Zone concourse somehow. So you know what? We'll just drink our way into prosperity. I think that'll be the plan for me this season. But hey, thanks as always for listening to Locked on Mizzou. Hopefully you have prospered by doing so on this Saturday morning. And apologies for not getting the show out on Friday as per usual. What can I say? The day just got away from me a little bit. Got a lot of lot of irons in the fire. Busier than a one-armed paper hanger. Whatever cliche you want to throw out. It definitely applies to me at the moment. So thanks for your patience. And I'll be with you here Monday right here on Locked on Mizzou.